Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Your Intention Matters, the podcast. My name, of course, is still Paul Madot. Thanks very much for joining us. We've just turned the corner into February 2021. I have Dan Marzullo. He is founder at Podcast Bloggers, coming to us from the great state of Colorado. Dan, what's going on, man? Hey, Paul, how you doing? Thanks for having me today. Yeah, I want to thank you for being here. I'm doing great. Thank you. Do me a favor. Say hi to everybody. Provide a quick intro. And then let's dive into your episode. Yeah, sure. No, thanks for listening and tuning in today, everybody. I'm excited to, to be here and chat with, with you all. Um, yeah, like Paul said, I'm Dan. Uh, I'm the founder of Podcast Bloggers. And essentially, we're a small content marketing team. And we help podcast hosts and podcasters repurpose their um, audio episodes and uh, written blog posts to grow their organic traffic and get more listeners to the show. All right. Now, Dan, listen, I know that I've got a Canadian tint to my my dialect here. I know I do, but I picked up a bit of a drawl there. Are you from Colorado or are you from further south? No, I'm actually from Maryland. So Maryland, south, right. but east, right? <laughs> got it. All right, good. Well, listen, as we were talking before I hit record here, you know, I was talking about the title of the podcast is Your Intention Matters. And that really is the foundation for my chair that nothing is really given to any of us. And most of us, in terms of what we're doing today, never thought we'd even be doing what we're doing. We had a different path for when we were going to get started. And those of us in the world of sales never thought we'd be into this kind of gig. And, <laughs> and, and so uh, with that said, I'm, I'm looking forward to you sharing your story. You ready to go? Yeah, let's do it. All right, man. Let's go back in time here. We're going back 2015, Colorado Mesa University, bachelor's degree, kinesiology, health and fitness. Yeah, that has podcaster all over it, man. That's exactly <laughs> what you thought you'd be doing six years later, right? It was the perfect training, Paul. You know, you, we were <laughs> studying audio and podcasting every single day. I tell you what. <laughs> you know, so there was a comedian up here in Canada named Jerry D. And his, his whole stick is that he was a teacher and he, he, he wanted to be a gym teacher. That's what he wanted to do, right? He said, so he took Kin in university and he said, uh, Kin is just a big word for gym. Uh, and so, right, so, so, but in all seriousness, if we go back into, you know, your education and your background and, you know, if we, if we, when you finish your schooling and you're graduated and you're ready to go, do you remember what you thought you would be doing with your career? Call it five years ago. Did you have a vision? Were you a fish out of water? Where were you at as you're getting ready to kind of venture out into the world? Yeah. Yeah. So, and like you said at the beginning, Paul, we were always like, oh, I don't know where we're going to end up. Who knows how we got here. Let's talk about it. Right. And Mine's definitely that 180 story. I mean, in, at Mesa in college studying kinesiology, that was kind of my plan too, was, you know, fitness, right? Health and nutrition was all about it. I was a um, personal trainer for several years. So the goal back then was, hey, really study the craft, get the best you can and um, yeah, be a the best fitness coach I could, right? I had uh, the dreams of running a, a personal training company for several years. So that's kind of... Uh, what started me there. And I, you know, did that for several years during college and after college and, um, loved it. Right. It was awesome. Uh, but then I kind of along that path found myself in a, uh, more of a corporate wellness role where I was, um, doing a lot of writing, right. A lot of marketing for the fitness program. 
um, and just kind of helping teach people through articles and blogs and all that. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of ultimately what veered me from college into what I'm doing now was kind of getting that taste into the content and the marketing space from the fitness side of things. So the coaching fitness side, so you mentioned you did that in college and then mm. that transferred into a career post, uh, post college as well. Did you have your own business? Were you a contractor somewhere else or were you the guy? Yeah. So I was running my own personal training company, right? Just a small business. It was just myself. It was just training a bunch of friends and, and family and, you know, college, uh, friends and everybody that I had met. And, um, yeah, I kind of did that for a while. And then I kind of jumped into more of a formal employed role, um, with a company that corporate wellness position I took, I was working for a, uh, a family physician's office down in, um, right outside of Grand Junction after college there. What was behind the, the, the shift in your career there, moving to more of, the, of the, the corporate side, so to speak, or the job side versus, uh, you know, entrepreneurship? Yeah, you know, it was just kind of looking to explore something different. I took quite a few classes that were, you know, less on personal training, right, in development and kind of more in, hey, how do we motivate and train um, organizations, right? That was super interesting to me because um, I had always kind of had an interest in business. And I thought, man, you know, uh, business individuals and people working at these organizations, if they have a healthy body and mind, they can perform better, right? So that um, was kind of intriguing for me. So I kind of jumped in that to learn more about that and um, kind of see what I could do there. You know, Dad, I'm curious about something. Uh, I'm married now uh, just over, geez, I should know this, 2012. So uh, <laughs> what was that, eight years? Yeah, eight years we've been married. And so the year prior to us getting married, we got engaged in January, married in November. And so from November, from January to November, um, my wife and I were uh, a lot more active than we are now. Right. And, and right. so, we, and so, so my motivation back in 2012 was I'm going to look damn good for those photos because they're lasting <laughs> forever. Right. So, so we worked out, we had our gym memberships, but we also hired a personal trainer that worked at the gym. And, and, and we bought a bunch of lessons, lessons, sorry, but a bunch of sessions. Sure. And, and I think it cost me eight to 10 grand or something for, for, the, for the sessions. And what I've learned over the years from knowing other personal trainers is that when, when a client like me signs up, that's a good thing. But a lot of the dough goes to the gym. Oh, and, yeah. and so it's not just the personal trainer. So uh, I'm curious about your ability to actually carve out an income in in, a, in a, was it fruitful? Was it a lot harder than you thought it would be? Because you have a passion for it, but it's one thing to convert that into something you can actually live off. Oh yeah, no, Paul, you hit it on the head there. It's really tough in the in that space as a personal trainer, um, and that's ultimately why I was totally private. I because like you said, you know, the corporate gyms, the big boxes that you know you're familiar with, they usually take. Gosh, if I can remember right, I mean, the trainer was getting maybe 20, 25% of oh the commission. Oh my God, is that all? Yeah, it was terrible. So yeah, right off the bat, I knew, all right, I'm going to go private, right? So I kind of did my own thing and I found yeah. a little local studio in town and I just said, hey, can I just pay you, you know, X amount per month for a small studio rental fee? And they were awesome and we worked something out. So I was able to pocket a lot more of those Um commissions Jeez, in the sessions. Yeah. But yeah, I guess my advice is anybody that's looking for a trainer, you know, if you kind of venture outside of the the corporate gym space, you've got more opportunities to reach your goals and sometimes more affordable rates because you don't have to worry about paying the gym and the trainer, right? Mm. 
Your, your, your shift into writing, where did that come from? Did you have a passion for writing as an as a adolescent, a child, teen, uh, your parents into that gig? How'd you get into writing? Yeah, you know, I really didn't, to be honest with you, Paul. I, um, when I jumped into that corporate wellness gig, I was doing a ton of blogging and writing, um, you know, talking about nutrition and different exercise strategies and things yeah. for um, the employees. And so that was kind of my first taste into it. I mean, you know, everybody kind of writes here and there throughout school, right? But I mean, that was kind of my extent of it. And then I just started doing that more and more and was like, wow, this is, you know, this is really cool because we're now getting to put our knowledge on paper and we can share that out and reach a heck of a lot more people than when you're just one-on-one in a session. So that's kind of where the, the uh, interest came and built from that job that I had. Did, were you in Denver still or in Colorado at this time, or did you move back East at all during this time after college? No. Yeah, we moved. So I've been out in Colorado whew, since uh, 2000. So pretty okay. much. Oh, a long time. Here. Okay. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, lived here in Colorado Springs, moved down to Grand Junction for college. And then after college, moved back up into the Denver area and then back down here in the spring. So yeah, we've essentially been in this area for quite a while now. Okay. Um, how long did you uh, give, I guess, the, the, the wellness writing gig a go? How long was that? Yeah. You know, I would say, um, well, in the fitness industry, it was about fitness, six yeah. years. Oh, six years. Know, okay. Right after high school, I got my personal training certification, started training, and then, you know, was doing that throughout college. And then after I graduated, I was in the corporate wellness space for, I would say, probably only two years after that, and yeah. then kind of transitioned. Was it your choice to transition or, or did something happen that kind of forced your hand? Yeah, no, it was really my choice. I just, at that point, kind of after the corporate wellness gig and, you know, at that point being five or six years in fitness, I was kind of ready to explore another avenue and kind of take those writing skills and the content that I had learned and, and throw that into a marketing role. Was it a long process from when you maybe made the mental choice to do this to when it actually happened? Yeah, you know, I would say so, right? I was kind of wrestling with it for a while. I think anybody that makes a career change, if you know, you study something in college and you kind of grow up learning it for you to, to then 180 into something else, a lot of times it's like, wow, is this, you know, this has been my identity yeah. for so long, right? Is this a move that we want to make? So there's definitely some pondering there. And were you married at the time? No, no, I no. was not. I, okay. we, yeah, I was with my wife now, right? We were dating back okay. then, but um, we weren't married yet. Okay, so, so you, had, you had somebody in your life, but it wasn't that, I got it. Okay, so it must have been an easier choice to make that almost as a single guy right. versus, versus husband. And I don't know if you're a dad or not, but uh, et cetera, right? So yeah. where'd you land? Where'd you land? After kind of leaving corporate wellness? Or? Yeah, was it uh, Fit Bodies or corporate wellness? What? Yeah. So Fit Bodies was uh, the personal training company and then uh, the corporate wellness at the physician's office. Um, and then from there, I just started uh, freelancing with writing opportunities for quite a while. It was like, hey, like I mentioned, really enjoying this content and this, you know, this writing that I was doing. So um, just started reaching out and tapping my network and pursuing different opportunities to write articles and blog for clients. And then that was kind of my step into that realm that was totally outside of fitness. So that, that to me on, on the service as a total outsider, that sounds like an arduous task to, to really 
get mind share of I, I, I'm a I'm a blogger, I'm a I'm a contributor, I, I'm a writer, and you're gonna freelance this. So, I mean, talk to me about how you were able to sustain that because that sounds like it's not the easiest of gigs. Right, right. People are who's this Dan guy? Right, he was a personal trainer. Now he's trying to write a blog. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I when I was in fitness, right, I was lucky enough. I um, pitched a couple article ideas to some publications like Entrepreneur Magazine um, and had some pieces of work featured in there, you know, talking about fitness and things like that. So I was kind of able to leverage those. I, when I started freelancing, I was finding other, you know, health, fitness, wellness type organizations that, um, that I thought could use help managing their blog. And I would just reach out, Hey, you know, my name's Dan, blah, blah, blah. Here's my background. I'm knowledgeable on these topics. And then I could send them some clips of my writing, you know, Hey, I've had this article featured in entrepreneur. And so that was kind of some great credibility out of the gate to show, you know, I can be of value to you guys. Um, so that was kind of my foot in the door. I was lucky enough to already have some great high quality samples that I could show these guys. Gotcha. Well, any companies that I might be familiar with that you, uh, blogged for that you contributed to? Yeah, not in directly in fitness, but as we kind of, as I kind of broaden my reach into, yeah. you know, other industries, I mean, I did some great stuff for, you know, Capital One, yeah. um, Johns Hopkins University was really cool. So yeah, we were, you know, it was great to be able to work with some um, bigger name industries. Absolutely. So let's fast forward to, I guess, the 2016 range. What what, what was behind Marzullo and Associates? How did you find your company at this point? And was it just you? Was it a driver from your wife, girlfriend? How did that happen? Yeah. So really from there, after kind of freelancing for a while and really getting my you know foot in the door with clients and building relationships, I got pretty busy to where you know, I could no longer manage that workflow myself. So I decided to, you know, found Marzullo and Associates, turn that into an LLC and bring on other writers as contractors to help us service nice. these clients, right? It was, hey, you know, we had these different organizations that needed regular monthly blog posts. So we um, kind of formed this team of writers to, to help all these guys out. All right. Um, Dan, are you a dad? I am, little daughter. Yeah. How old? Two-year-old. Two-year-old. Just about two. <laughs> wow. Congratulations. Thanks. All right. She's, you must be busy. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Paul? How old are your uh So your my kids, kids are seven and five. Okay. Yeah, so they just turned seven. We, so we have two December babies, uh, Christmas Eve and the 29th of December, oh. two years apart. And it's a, just the greatest thing in my life, as I imagine it's probably the greatest thing in your life as well, right? So, right, right. But, it's, but it changes, uh, certainly changed my mindset when it came to, uh, you know, my priorities and what's important to me. Like before I was a dad, I felt I was a hard worker and I felt that I was on it and I was putting my effort in. When I was an employee at Xerox, I felt like I was a hard worker. When I started up my own company, self-employed, skinny branch, no net, I thought I was a hard worker. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, you know, I become a dad and, and my, my wife's a nurse and, and we're now responsible for these children. I'm thinking <laughs> now I'm totally locked in on what I'm doing because my kids will want for nothing in their life doesn't mean they're not going to work. doesn't mean they're going to be lazy, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, if my kids want to take swimming lessons, they're going to take swimming lessons. And if my son wants to go dance, he'll, he'll do that. Right. So I'm right. kind of locked in on that. So I want to chat with you about, well, let, let's just talk about the last couple of years. So you're, you're a new dad and then 2020 hits. 
And so you're self-employed, you've got these freelancers, you have these associates and you have this business. And in the last year of all of our lives, wasn't really exactly what we thought it might be going into, you know, 12 months ago or so. And I know that you, I know that you found podcast blogger, sorry, podcast bloggers at the end of last year. And so how, how have you, sorry, I got a fly flying right over my head here. <laughs> I apologize. So, but how did you manage the last year of your life? How have you been? Yeah. You know, I think, gosh, Paul, it's been crazy for everybody, right? It's just yeah. been one of those things of like, let's just try to maintain, you know, some type of normal as good as we can. Right? right. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Like me and you talked earlier, it's like, you know, now, you know, daycare shutting down with all of the stuff going on and, you know, it's, it's your, your kids are doing the online learning at home. And so there's been a lot of, you know, times where we've had to go, okay, work has to kind of, you know, let's readjust our schedule a little bit yeah. to, to deal with this and all that. So I think, you know, the biggest goal has just been, let's just do the best we can at managing all these priorities right now while everything is so chaotic. Right. Yeah. And so, so, you know, with me being in Toronto, you know, it's funny whenever I'm, you know, I, I do so much work in the U S and in, in a normal year, I'm probably on a plane 50, 60 times a year, given what I do for a living wow, this year, it's yeah. been zero in the last 12 months, obviously. And so, you know, I keep my ear to the ground because I have a couple of partners in California and so much business is in the U.S. But depending on what channel I watch, it's either a hot mess in the U.S. right now or it's a hoax. <laughs> right. so, so, so where are we at? How, how are you hanging in there as we kind of move into 2021? Because I don't know what to believe. Uh, me either, Paul. You know, it's one of those things. It's I don't know. I just I just try to do my own thing, right? It's yeah. It's kind of nice because at least here in the U.S., I don't know about for you guys, but you know, restaurants have opened back up, and our whole thing is, you know, we've always been a remote team, so I've always loved working from coffee shops. And when we didn't get to do that for a while, right, it was kind of like ah, getting stir crazy in the home office. So um, it's been nice to kind of go back out a little bit, you know, do some coffee shop stuff. There's still like limited seating and capacity, uh, capacity, um, on yeah. our end. But I mean, that's what we've been working with. Has, are things opening back up for you guys yet or? So yes and no, uh, the government up here. And of course, you know, our country is built similar to the U S in that with our provinces have, you know, regional governments and mayors and, you know, governors and some, you know, um, premiers and so on. Uh, so right now where I live in the Toronto area, um, everything is shut down. Mm -hmm. So all the restaurants are shut down. They're open for takeout and they're open for pickup. But in terms right. of the actual dine in, uh, they've been closed. I think just after Christmas, they closed down again because the numbers started to spike. So the government took a proactive angle to it. But that's actually going to start changing effective on Monday. They're going to start to move into a different stage. Schools are going back in. So our mm -hmm. kids are going to go back to school on Monday, uh, which is a great thing. And so we'll just see what happens here. I'm optimistic that, uh, you know, we're trending in the right direction, but I also anticipate that the next year, I don't think we'll look very different in terms of how we are going to market, how we're interacting, how we're working. I think we're probably another year out. I just don't see summertime being beaches and mm -hmm. we'll see, but uh, who knows, right? So yeah, exactly. Anyways. I'd be well, curious Dan, to see how uh, podcasts explode over the next year, you know, of how many more show up with... Um, people not being able to meet in person. Maybe they're starting more shows, right? They're, they're popping up all over the place, right? So, well, Dan, man, you've had a great run thus far. I mean, everything from, you know, kinesiology and, you know, wellness and fitness, and there's obviously a passion there and you're able to 
you know, carve a career out of this. And then you move into writing within that industry. Then you kind of get into, you know, Forbes and you're kind of a contributor and for Capital One. And then you start up your own company about four years ago or so, four or five years ago. And then you become a dad and now you're trying to figure it out as well. And how do you survive all this? And so, you know, it really in the last five or six years since you, you know, kind of got out there after your schooling, I always like to ask anybody if there was one piece of advice or something that's, you know, kind of on your mind that served you well up until this point. Like, like what's been your foundation? What's kind of been your rock when, when you need to, you know, rely on something? Yeah, no, great question, Paul. And I think, I think it's a couple of things, right? Number one for me has always been a solid system, right? Having my family, my wife, my daughter, you know, my parents, everybody, they've always been very supportive of, you know, go chase the dreams, do what you want to do, you know? So I think that's huge, right? Is if you have a great support system around you, um, that's going to make all the difference in the world. Outside of that, um, if you can stay disciplined um, mentally and physically with your health, that's going to help you perform and and reach your goals. So I would say kind of maintaining that regimen of um, maintaining a good lifestyle and um, allowing me to really go all in on my work has been super critical. Awesome. Last question for you. Uh, you're a Colorado boy, even though you're from the East, but you've really, really been in Colorado most of your life. You're a right. Broncos fan. You're a Buffaloes fan. You're an Avalanche fan. What, what's your, your Nuggets fan? What's your, what's your game? Yeah. So I'm uh, still a Ravens fan. For a football, Ravens right? fan. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Being from Baltimore, it's, uh, we kind of grew up watching the Ravens. So we're still definitely, you know, even though they did not make it this year, we've, uh, yeah. Is what it is. And then for baseball, we've been Rockies fans, you know, Colorado. So we kind of got both going on there. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Denver is certainly one of my favorite, you know, U.S. cities. I love it because it's it's a big city with a small city feel. Mm -hmm. And obviously the backdrop behind it is almost second to none, really, with the mountains and everything else. So, um, Dan, man, I appreciate you freeing up the time. It's been great to meet you. Thanks for being here. Yeah, thanks so much for having me on, Paul. You bet. All right, everybody, let's wrap another episode up right now. Remember, your intention matters. Why? Because that's the result you'll tend to get. We're out of here. We'll do it again next week. And of course, be safe, everybody.